Good morning. It's um, 10.15, and with a little commitment to excellence and the grace of God, we will finish 1 Samuel today. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 years. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel. 2,000 were with him at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeah and Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, Let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news, Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost, and now Israel has become a stench to the Philistines, and the people were summoned to join Gaul, uh, join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth Avon. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering, and that you did not come at the set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gibeah in Benjamin, and Saul counted the men who were with him. They numbered about six hundred. Saul and his son Jonathan and the men with them were staying in Gibeah in Benjamin while the Philistines camped at Michmash. Raiding parties went out from the Philistine camp in three detachments. One turned toward Oprah in the vicinity of Shual, another toward Beth Haran, and the third toward the borderland overlooking the valley of Zebuim facing the desert. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, Otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plowshares, mattocks, axe, and sickle sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plowshares and mattocks, and the third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goads. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the younger man bearing his armor, Come, let's go over to the Philistines' outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom with, uh, was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was a son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitab, uh, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other Sene. One cliff uh, stood to the north toward Michmash and the other to the south toward Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saying whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, Come then, we will cross over toward the men and let them see us. If they say to us, Wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, we will climb up, because the will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistine. Philistines. The Hebrews are calling out of the holes they are hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come up to us, and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. 
Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed, killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in the, in an area of, of about half an acre. <laughs> oh, I have red square. Recording is too loud. Well, I'll turn it down later. Just so excited, but I don't want to shout in anyone's ears. I'm not so good. Well, okay. <sighs> then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and field and those in the outposts and raiding parties in the ground. And the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Saul's lookouts at Gibeah and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. Then Saul said to the men who were with him, Muster the forces and see who has left us. When they did, it was Jonathan and his armor-bearer who were not there. Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God. At that time it was with the Israelites. While Saul was talking to the priests, the tumult in the Philistine camp increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all of his men then Saul and all his men assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion, striking each other with their swords. Those Hebrews who had previously been with the Philistines and had gone with them to their camp went over to the Israelites who were Saul, who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. So the Lord rescued Israel that day, and the battle moved on beyond Beth Avon. Now the men of Israel were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath saying, Cursed be any man who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troop tasted food. The entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out, yet no one put his hand to his mouth, because they feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people with the oath, so he reached out the end of the staff that was in his hand and dipped into the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth, and his eyes brightened. Then one of the soldiers told him, Your father bound the army under a strict oath, saying, Cursed be any man who eats food today. That is why the men are faint. Jonathan said, My father has made trouble for the country. See how my eyes brightened when I tasted a little of this honey. How much better would it have been if the men had eaten today some of the plunder they took from their enemies? Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater? That day, after the Israelites struck down the Philistines from Michmash to Aijalon, they were exhausted. They pounced on the plunder and, taking sheep, cattle, and calves, they butchered them on the ground and ate them, together with the blood. Then someone said to Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that has blood in it. You have broken faith, he said. Roll a large stone over here at once. Then he said, Go out among the men and tell them, Each of you bring me your cattle and sheep. Slaughter them here and eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with blood still in it. So everyone brought his ox that night and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first time he had done this. Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them till dawn, and let us not leave out, leave one of them alive. Do whatever seems best to you, they replied. But the priest said, Let us inquire of God here. So Saul asked God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into Israel's hands? But God did not answer him that day. Saul therefore said, Come here, all you who are leaders of the army, and let us find what sin has been committed today. As surely as the Lord who rescues Israel lives, even if it lies with my son Jonathan, he must die. But not one of the men said a word. Saul then said to the Israelites, You stand over there. I and Jonathan, my son, will stand over here. Do what seems best to you, the men replied. Then Saul prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, give me the right answer. And Jonathan and Saul were taken by lot, and the men were cleared. Saul cast the lot between me and Jonathan, my son, and Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what you have done. So Jonathan told him, I merely tasted a little honey with the end of my staff, and now must I die? Saul said, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if you do not die, Jonathan. But the men said to Saul, Should Jonathan die, he who has brought the great deliverance in Israel, never. As surely as the Lord lives, not a hair on his head will fall on the ground, for he did this today with God's help. So the men rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul stopped uh, pursuing, I thought I said putzing, Pursuing the Philistines, and they withdrew to their own land. 
After Saul had assumed rule over Israel, he fought against their enemies on every side. Moab, the Ammonites, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. Whenever he turned, he inflicted punishment on them. He fought valiantly and defeated the Amalekites, Amalekites, delivering Israel from the hands of those who had plundered them. Saul's sons were Jonathan, Ishvi, Malki, Shua. The name of his older daughter was older daughter was Merab, and that of the younger was Michal. His wife's name was Ahinoam, daughter of Aimaz. The name of the commander of Saul's army was Abner, son of Ner, and Ner was Saul's uncle. Saul's father Kish and Abner's father Ner were sons of Abiel. All the days of Saul, there was bitter war with the Philistines, and whenever Saul saw a mighty, brave man, he took him into his service. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people, Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Canaanites, Go away. Leave the Amalekites. Um, Amal- Amalekites. Hmm. So that I do not destroy you along with them, for you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Amalekel. Amal. Amalekites. <laughs> when Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah. Havilah to Shur, to the east of Egypt. He took Og, king of the Amalekites, Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag, and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Saul was troubled, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a mountain, a monument in his own honor, and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, when this is the bleeding, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the uh, Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and we totally destroyed the rest. Stop, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Saul said, Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission, saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought Agag their king. Brought back Agag their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people, and so I gave it to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me, so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe, and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has turned the kingdom from Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind.
Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back to Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. Amalekites. Agag came to him confidently, thinking, Surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, but Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord was grieved that he made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? Saul will hear, will hear about it and kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the leaders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate, consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the, no- the Lord's anointed stand. Surely the Lord's anointed. <laughs> Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had brought had him so so he sent and had him brought him. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome figure figure <laughs> features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him, he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play with the evil spirit from God. Uh, from he will play, he will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, "Find someone who plays well and bring him to me." One of the servants answered, "I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man." And the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them to his son David to Saul. Sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. The relief would come to Saul, and he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Ha! It was David and Goliath. I think that's the same David. I'm just going to assume it's the same David that I asked about last time. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sukkot in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes, Demim, between Sukkot and Azkah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drove their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves 
and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a reverse rod, and its iron point weighed six hundred shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath, <laughs> Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up, and set out, as Jesse directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and greeted his brothers. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give him great wealth. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him, and he will also give him his daughter in marriage, and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Nice. Nice bonus. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked why. And asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. I mean, so far what we know about David is that he's like chill at the harp and was anointed and is chilling with Saul. So, okay. Now what have I done? Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? And he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. When uh, What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defeated the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on the sword over the tunic and tried walking around, because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and then put them in a pouch in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield-bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You have come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defeated, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here, all those gathered here will know that this is not a sword or spear that the Lord saves. All those gathered here will know that it is not by a sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hand. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. 
David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's store sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharem road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, where he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. As Saul watched David going to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, As surely as you live, O king, I don't know. The king... <laughs> Didn't... Okay. Seems like they're spending a lot of time together to not have gone through this whole David, son of Jesse, son of Ding Dong. I have to deal with it, but they don't have to deal with it, and that seems pretty unfair. The king said, Find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Ah. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Aww. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, mm-hmm. along with his tunic, mm-hmm. and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get? but the kingdom and from that time on Saul kept a jealous eye on David the next day an evil spirit from God came forcefully upon Saul he was prophesying in his house while David was playing the harp as he usually did Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself I'll pin David to the wall but David eluded him twice Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David but had left Saul so he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men and David led the troops in their campaigns, and everything he did he had great success, because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he had led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, Here is my oldest daughter, uh, oldest daughter Merab. I will give her to you in marriage, and only serve me. I will give her to you in marriage, only serve me bravely, and fight in battles to the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. So David said to Saul, Who am I, and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel, that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for Merab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Aldri, uh, Adriel of Maholah. Now Saul's daughter Michal was in love with David, and when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare for him, a snare to him, and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his attendants, Speak to David privately and say, Look, the king is pleased with you, and his attendants all like you now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David, but David said, Do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I am only a poor man and little known. When Saul's servants told him what David had said, Saul replied, Say to David... <laughs> Say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins Ew. to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. When the attendant told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So before the time, the allotted time elapsed, David and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines. He brought their foreskins and presented the full number to the king so that he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter, Michal, in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. The Philistine commanders commend, uh, continued to go out to battle, and as often as they did, 
David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well known. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David, but Jonathan was very fond of David and warned him. My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done uh, has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you go? Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took his oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul, and David was with Saul as before. Once more war broke out, and David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck, he struck them with such force that they fled before him. But an evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand. While David was playing the harp, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. But Michal, David's wife, warned him, If you don't run for your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. So Michal let David down through the window, through a window, and he fled and escaped. Then Michal took an idol and laid it on the bed, covering with a garment, and put some goat's hair at the head. When Saul sent the men to capture David, Michal said, He is ill. Then Saul sent back to, uh, to see David. Then Saul sent the men back to see David and told them, Bring him up to me in his bed <laughs> so that I may kill him. But when the men entered, there was the idol in his bed and at the head with some goat's hair. Saul said to Michal, Why did you deceive me like this and send my enemy away so that he escaped? Michal told him, he said to me, let me get away. Why should I kill you? When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went to Nioth and stayed there. Word came to Saul, David is in Nioth at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying, when Samuel, with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's men and they also prophesied. Saul was told about it and he sent more men and they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time, and they also prophesied. Finally, he himself left for Ramah and went to the great cistern at Sekiu. And he asked, Where are Samuel and David? Over in Nioth at Ramah, they said. So Saul went to Nioth at Ramah, but the Spirit of God came even upon him, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Nioth. He stripped off his robes and also prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay that way all day and night. This is why people say is Saul also among the prophets. Then David fled, fled from Nioth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to take my life? Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without confiding in me. Why would he hide this from me? It's not so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes, and he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this, or he will be grieved. Yet, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, Look, tomorrow is the new moon festival, and I am supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him. David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temple, uh, temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself." Why hand me over to your father? Never, said Jonathan. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said. Let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, I will surely sound out my father by this time of day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed toward you, will I send you word and let you know? But if my father is inclined to harm you, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away safely. 
May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father, but show me unfailing kindness like that of the Lord as long as I live so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Man, back to back. <laughs> back to back gay shit. Two weeks in a row. Lucky us. Mm, we may not make it. We may not make it. We're going to get close, though. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon festival. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stone Ezel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here, then come. Surely, as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe, there is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the fields, and when the new moon festival came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought, something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem, he said. Let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me go away to see my brothers. This is why he's... Uh, has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he... Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the month, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. And the boy ran, and he shot the arrow beyond him. And the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had followed had fallen. Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing of all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone, bowed down before Jonathan three times, with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship... <laughs> Uh-huh. Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to this town. Went back to the town. David went to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered, Ahimelech, Ahimelech the priest, the king charged me with a certain matter and said to me, No one is to know anything about your mission and your instructions. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual whenever I set out. The men's things are holy even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. He was Doeg the Edomite, Saul's head shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, 
Don't you have a spear or sword here? I haven't brought my own sword or any other weapon because the king's business was urgent. David asked Ahimelech, uh, whoops, just read that. The priest will brought, uh, <laughs> just got so excited. I was reading ahead with my eyes while I was speaking. The priest replied, the sword of Goliath the Philistine who you killed in the Valley of Elah is here. It is wrapped in cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. The day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul had slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Akish said to his servants, Look at the man. He is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen uh, that you have brought this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? David left, uh, left Gath and escaped to the cave of uh, Adulam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah and Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Hrath. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered. And Saul, spear in hand, was seated under the Tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, and all his officials standing around him. Saul said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give you all... Uh, give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son's uh, son of Jesse. None of you, none of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son incited my servant to lie wait for me as he does today. But Doeg the Edomite who was standing with Saul's officials said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech son of Aitab at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him and also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath a Philistine. Then king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Aitab and his father's whole family, who were the priests at Nob, <laughs> and they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Aitab. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me, as he does today? Ahimelech answered the king, Who and all of your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and highly respected in your household? Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king of accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servants know nothing at all about this whole affair. But the king said, You will surely die, Ahimelech, you and your father's whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were not willing to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. The king then ordered Doeg, You turn and strike down the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. He also put the sword Nob. He also put to the sword Nob the town of the priests, where its men and women, its children and infants, its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. But Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, uh, Ahitub, escaped and fled to join David. He told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abi, Abiathar, that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, I knew you would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your father's whole family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who is seeking your life is seeking mine also. You will be safe with me. 
when David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against uh, Keilah, and they are looting the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, go, attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, here in Judah we are afraid. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Keilah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hands. So as David and his men went to Keilah, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Keilah. Now Ab- uh, Abiathar, some of Ahimelech, had brought, down, had brought the Ephod down with him when he fled to David at Keilah. Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah, and he said, God has handed him over to me, for David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up his forces for battle to go uh, down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar, Abiathar the priest, bring me a fod. David said, O Lord, God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Keilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will. Again David asked, Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. So David and his men, about six hundred in number, left Keilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he did not go there. David stayed in the desert strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him. But God did not give David into his hands. When David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them make a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. The Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding out among us in the strongholds at Horash on the hill of uh, Hakilah, south of Jeshimon? Now, O king, come down whenever it pleases you to do so, and we will be responsible for handing him over to the king. Saul replied, The Lord bless you for your concern for me. Go and make further preparation. Find out where David usually goes and who sees him there. They tell me he is very crafty. Find out about all the hiding places he uses and come back to me with the definite information. Then I will go with you. If he is in the area, I will track him down among all the clans of Judah. So they set out and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of Moan in the Arabah south of Jeshmon. Saul and his men began the search, and when David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Moan. When Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Moan in pursuit of David. Saul was going alongside, along one side of the mountain, and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul, saying, Come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. That is why the place is called Salah Hamalakoth. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is anointed to the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul, and Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went to the cave and called out to Saul, My lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated, prostrated, prostrated himself with his face to the ground. 
He said to Saul, Why do you listen when your men said, David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in this cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lift my hand against my master, because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off a corner of your robe, but did not kill you. Now understand and recognize that I am not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrong things you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evil doers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me of the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he not let him get away unharmed? Does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Um. Okay, we, we got close. I'm going to call it there. Uh, we just finished 1 Samuel 24, so we'll start 1 Samuel 25. Uh, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 chapters left of Samuel, 1 Samuel, and then we start 2 Samuel, uh, and then we'll kind of soldier forward that way. Uh, making good progress, people. Coming up on episode 20, which is pretty exciting. But there's a lot left to go including a whole new testament baby i don't even know when that starts we'll find out (laughs) uh let go and let god